And there came unto me one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials full of seven last plagues, and talked with me, saying, Come hither, and I will show thee the bride and the Lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the Spirit to a great and high mountain. Isn't that so contrasting, isn't it? The church is on the mountain. Ye are a city that's set up on a hill. You cannot be hid. God wants us to have the high land living. But to the false church, He carried me away in the Spirit into a wilderness. And I saw the woman sit upon the scarlet-colored beast full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication. Now, fornication here is talking about spiritual fornication. It's not to exclude physical fornication, but basically it's talking about spiritual fornication or spiritual uncleanness. And upon her forehead was the name written, Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. <clears throat> and I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered with great admiration. And the angel said unto me, Wherefore didst thou marvel? I will tell thee the mystery of the woman. In other words, I'm going to reveal the mystery of the woman. And of the beast that carrieth her which have seven heads and ten horns. Now, the beast is spoken of in the Bible. is talking about the Antichrist. And, of course, you know, the Antichrist, after the church's rapture, will come upon the scene. And when the Antichrist comes upon the scene, you will not be able to buy nor sell unless you take the mark of the beast. That is, you deny the existence of the true and living God. And so in your head or on your forehand, there will be placed a mark. The Bible says that the number of the beast is 666, 666. Now, the Bible says that evidently there's a correlation between this false religious movement and the Antichrist. But you have to understand that the Antichrist, according to Paul's letter to the church in Thessalonica that he describes the Antichrist as a man who will sit in the house of God declaring that he is God. The world will never be conquered by non-religious forces. And the reason why? Because there is a place in every man's heart for God. Now, if he doesn't serve the true God, he'll end up serving some God. In other words, he is not so independent that he can live without another power over him. It'll either be God or it'll be a false God. All right? <clears throat> now, of course, he's going to show the mystery. And the Bible says, verse 8, The beast which thou sawest was and is not and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit and go into perdition. And they that dwell on the earth shall wonder whose names were not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world when they beholdeth the beast that was and is not and yet is. In other words, there's going to be a revealing 
of the human race. And people are going to marvel over the fact that some people that they exalted as being great religious people, that their names are not even written in the Lamb's Book of Life. It's going to amaze. It's going to be a revealing thing. Verse 9, And here is the mind which hath wisdom, the seven heads, are seven mountains, on which the woman sitteth. And there are seven kings, five are fallen, and one is, and the other is not yet come. And when he cometh, he shall continue a short space. And the beast that was and is not, even he is the eighth and is of the seventh and goeth into perdition. You may say, what's all of that? I'm not for sure. Quite frankly, I don't know. It's probably a better answer. Now, I know a lot of people say they know. I'm amazed, though, that the prophecy, for the most part, is never fully understood until such a time of its fulfillment. I can only give you what I think it's talking about. Verse 12, now this is pretty plain here. And the ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings, which have received no kingdom as yet, but received power as kings one hour with the beast. In other words, there will be some kind of a league that's made with the ten kings of the earth. And I personally think that this is talking about the ten markets, European, the European common market. I personally believe that. Um, now, you may say, why? Well, because when the beast comes upon the scene, there will be a shortage of food worldwide. And it is amazed then that economy and peace become the major issues in the planet Earth. We want to be peaceful and we want to have enough food to fill our tummies for tonight. The problem is there's not going to be either. And so food is rationed and some people want to serve God. You know the church is already gone at this time. A big question is, if I don't go up in the rapture, can I be saved? I wouldn't bank on it. And the reason why is because if you read in Revelation 6, you will find that one-fourth of all the world's population is destroyed in one great calamity. And then another chapter or so over, one-third of the remaining population is destroyed. So, if you can't live for God right now because of whatever, you probably wouldn't be able to live for God then because of whatever. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't bank on being saved. And then, of course, verse 13, These have one mind, and shall give their power and strength unto the beast. These shall make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb shall overcome them. For he is the Lord of lords and King of kings, and they that are with him are called and chosen and faithful. Now verse 15, And he saith unto me, The waters which thou sawest, where the horse sitteth, are peoples and multitudes and nations and tongues. And the ten horns which thou sawest upon the beast, these shall hate the whore, and shall make her desolate and naked, and shall eat her flesh and burn her with fire. That simply means that after this there will be no allegiance to any except the Antichrist. 
It's the gripping and bringing all religious powers and forces into his fist. Verse 17, For God hath put in their hearts to fulfill his will and to agree and give their kingdom unto the beast until the words of God shall be fulfilled. Verse 18, And the woman which thou sawest is that great city. So the woman's talking about a city which reigneth over the kings of the earth. Verse 9, and the Bible says, the seven heads are seven mountains upon which the woman sitteth. So it's talking about the city of seven mountains. Now, <clears throat> I'm, I'm amazed. That I've got to talk a little bit about her trip. I won't say much about it except that uh, we, we went to Grenada. Grenada is just off the northern coast of Venezuela and between a little bit west of Trinidad. Uh, it's only 30, 35 miles uh, down to South America. And it is, uh, Grenada, you know, made a headline several years ago, about 10 years ago, when the, the U.S. troops went in and invaded the island. And you, know, you probably know all that about that. But I, I was amazed at, at, the, at, at the people in the Caribbean islands. And I talked with Brother Rich about it. He said, Brother, Brother Grant, when I moved here, this wasn't true. But it's amazing now how much influence America is having over all of these places. I notice, uh, you know, that Grenada has a lot of poverty. It's a beautiful island. All the uh, windward islands are volcanic except Barbados. It's very, very flat. But the rest of them are very mountainous. And we went to Munich Village. This is where Brother George O'Neill preached about ten years ago. You remember him giving a little slide presentation at church? We went up to this village where he preached. They have a church up there. But all the way up there, it's about an hour drive up, winding roads, rough roads. Uh, <clears throat> someone told me if you drive down here, you have to have your Ph.D. And I asked them what Ph.D. meant in driving. They said, pothole dodgers. <laughs> you have to have a Ph.D. You have to be a pothole dodger. But I was amazed. Little tiny huts inside. Almost every one of them after dark, you see a television. And I said, can you pick up TV stations? Do you have TV stations? Oh, no. They all come out of the States. Now, I do not know whether this is true or not, but I think where I live out near Lake Kiganza that there is no cable TV out there. I do not know. I have not checked into it. And quite frankly... I could care less, okay? But in Munich Village, as remote as it is, it has access to all cable TV in the States. Now, the reason why I started asking, because I noticed these, these kids running around with uh, Chicago Bull T-shirts on and uh, Washington Redskins. I said, do they know who the Bulls are down here? And one guy says, do we know? And they started talking about Michael Jordan. He said, well, Michael Jordan is almost a god of the West Indies.
Brother Richard said, Brother Grant, you cannot believe the amount of filth now that has been pumped into these islands through cable TV from the states. It's just, it's really amazing. This world is ripe for the judgments of God. I'm telling you, I believe that Jesus Christ, I believe the trumpet could blow before this meeting is over tonight. I believe that as much as I believe anything. I believe on a common day just like this day that Jesus is going to come back for his church. And the world's going to go into the biggest tailspin that it's ever been. And I told the people down the islands, I would not want to live down there because during the tribulation period, shortly after the coming of the Lord, the Bible says every mountain and island shall be moved out of its place. I would not want to, I would not want to miss the rapture. I'd want to go up. I'd want to go up. We, we, we got in this little bitty curve, and it was raining. It was in the rainforest, and um, amazing, it was raining. <laughs> but uh, this, this part of the rainforest, you get 27 feet of rain per year. Quite a bit of rain, you know. But this little remote area, kind of dug in the side of the hill, here's this, this, this building. didn't look much, but on the front of it, disco tonight. And already people are walking up the hill, going in there, juking and jiving. Disco, where did it come from? It came from the States, they said. Introduced disco to us. Now, the reason why I'm, I just feel so heavy after hearing a few things that I heard this week about, about the intent of, of the free trade agreement. It's, it's to take, and, and our senators are talking about it, it's, it's to take away what we would call sovereignty. And, and so we become one with uh, Canada and with, with Mexico. And you may say, what's wrong with that? Well, I suppose there's nothing wrong with the one world government because when Jesus raptures the church, and the tribulation period's over, the church will inhabit the earth for a thousand years, called the millennium. I suppose there's nothing wrong with it. And Jesus will reign, the Bible says. We shall reign on the earth as kings and priests with the Lord. That's found in Revelation 5. So I suppose there's nothing wrong with the one world government except knowing prophecy the way I know prophecy, and you knowing prophecy the way you know prophecy, the intent is to create a major global society so that the Antichrist can rule and reign. Barriers are being broken down, and America's filth is flooding into these places. doesn't mean they don't have their own filth, but it just escalates and rolls. And people now are just having all kinds of monumental problems 
One man said several years ago, divorce was unheard of. It was a no-no. When we were, ten years ago, when we were in St. Martin's, there was a man there that his wife had left him, and the government would not give him a divorce and would not give her a divorce. They said under no circumstances. It's not true today. Why? Because there's too many ideas been introduced to these people. I'm not saying that I'm in agreement that some advancement in techniques and even culture is not in order. I'm not saying that at all. That's not what I'm saying. But it's, it's a shame to me that the world reaches these people with all that garbage before we reach them with the gospel. That's the thing that bothers me, brother. Oh, and our Lord is coming back. I'll tell you one thing. Regardless of what church you're a member of, you need to check it out by the Bible. And I'm not saying this to... I don't want to use the Bible as a club over your head. But I'll tell you one thing. If you... If, if it means a change for you and you make it in a rapture, you'll hug my neck in heaven. And if somehow you don't make it in a rapture, you will wish I would have preached a little stronger. I believe that. I say, I believe that. Oh, my. I'll tell you, to see these young people get out in the aisle and dance in the Spirit like they were dancing in the Spirit tonight, is a delight. I saw this group of young girls get out in here and dance in the Spirit. Now, some of our boys do. The, the smaller ones are. But some of you teenage boys, listen, you need to cut loose. And you need to get out and dance in the Spirit. Let me tell you something. You're not going up in the rapture just because Dad's going up. And you're not going up just because Mom's going up. In fact, all those prayers that are prayed, there's one thing about the book of Revelation. When I read it, every time I read it, it bothers me. One of the judgments in the book of Revelation is that the Lord takes the prayers of the saints and He puts them in this big vial or big bucket. And you know what He does? He pours all the prayers of the saints out on the planet Earth. That's one of the major judgments of the book of Revelation. See, in, in Acts 10, Cornelius' prayers went up as a memorial before God. How would you like to be left behind knowing the rapture taking place and all of a sudden, out of the clouds, you started hearing people praying for you. God had saved up, just like you re record this message tonight, God would save up all these prayers and dump them out and all of a sudden, you heard the sobs of a mother by our bedside crying for your soul. What if all of a sudden you heard a pastor interceding before God for your life? What if you heard a Sunday school teacher praying over a Sunday morning lesson and called your name? All of a sudden you heard all this. That's one of the judgments. God just says, now look, you people say you don't want God. 
And you, you don't want to live for God. And you would not live for God. And you want to go by the way of the devil and the Antichrist. And you want all your sin and vices. And all those prayers that have gone up as a memorial before God. God takes all of those out of His library. And puts them in a big bucket and dumps them on the planet earth. And said, listen to all these people who prayed for you. I'll give them all back to you right now. I remember when my mother used to pray for me. I couldn't stand it. She'd get in the bedroom and pray for me. I'd take a pillow and put it over my head. I could not stand it. Oh, let me tell you, when she prayed, she prayed. Oh, God, she says, you know my son is unsaved. And you know his life has purpose. And you know he hasn't found that purpose, God. And you know the reason why, that he's always contrary. I was, and so are you if you're not living for God. There's something inside of you that haunts you. You're never happy with one thing that comes your way. If you're not living for God, there is no peace. There is no satisfaction. You just go from one, one relationship to another. You go from one song to another. Nothing is right. And there's always a quest inside of your soul, a longing inside of your soul for things to be aligned. And ultimately, you want to reach that pinnacle of success. But it's just always out of reach. Because sin is not fulfilling. It was not designed by the devil to be fulfilling. For the thief cometh not but to kill and steal and destroy. God wants to take your precious innocent life and push you down in the mire. I say God does, the devil does. But God wants to come by and pick you up and save you. Oh, hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Man, I'll tell you, I, I don't know what I'd do if I missed the rapture. I, I don't know what I'd do. You, you know, you read that... You, you read that... Uh, that, that parable in Matthew 25. Do we have the bad news? Turn this up. Here we go. In, I talked about the five wise and five foolish virgins about three weeks ago. But now you think about this. You think about people who are trying to get oil in their vessels. That means there will be some people that are trying to receive the Holy Ghost. Now does it sound fair that God would come back when some people are trying? Well, the only thing is, some people will not be trying hard enough or fervent enough. I've seen people get out and just pray, Oh, God, I want the Holy Ghost. <clears throat> Look at the watch. Then all of a sudden they got up and they went back and they checked. But guess what? The door was shut. In Revelation 4, the Bible says there was a door that was opened up into heaven. The church went inside. Can you believe that? And God shut the door. Could you hear that? 
I've been wanting to try that. <laughs> now, on a more serious vein, though, but all of a sudden, some people walked up and said, is that the door those people went behind? Yeah. And they knocked on the door. Open up, Lord! We're here! We're ready to go up now! One day after the rapture, every person in this church will want to go up in the rapture. There won't be one of you that God will not change your mind in 24 hours. But from the other side of the door came this sad note. Not so. I have shut the door already. And what he's saying is, I gave you ample time. How come you weren't singing when everybody else was singing? How come you weren't worshiping when everybody else was worshiping? How come you sat back and made notes and sent them and laughed and talked in church when mom and dad was weeping and crying for your soul? What about it now? Listen, this is serious business. I remember years ago, and I must have been only about four years old, it was preschool. I remember my grandfather working in the fields. And, of course, I was too little to go. Uh, sister brother for my sister, uh, we were too small to go. I had a younger sister, Pat, and a couple of cousins down. And we, we'd been to this church. We decided we'd play church. And so I was supposed to preach. And I got on the back porch, and I put them all out in the yard, and I started preaching to them. Well, my, my grandfather had just put in a big lake, a big stock pond, and it filled up with water, and he heard me screaming. And he was plowing about a quarter of a mile or half a mile down in the bottom, in a creek bottom. And he heard me screaming. He says, oh, my Lord, one of those kids is falling into the lake. And he quick-tied his mules and ran all the way home, only to find me preaching on the back porch. And I said all that to say this. I was just playing church then. But I'm preaching to you tonight. And this is not a game. I'm not playing tonight. This is for real. This is for real. And every one of you, regardless of your condition, physical condition, you need to do what you can to be on fire for God. Don't let your friends, don't let your parents, don't let your uncles and aunts or grandfathers or whoever keep you from serving God. And then on the other hand, those whose parents are trying to get them you to serve God, you need to pitch in with them and say, Dad and Mom, let's go up in the rapture together! We can't afford to be unsaved. We cannot afford to be lost. That's right, yes. You better believe it's right. 100% right, Jordan. Hallelujah. Praise God. <laughs> Let's say amen to that. Amen, Jordan. Praise God. Preach it, son. Preach it. Yes. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Jesus Christ is coming back to this planet Earth. Praise God. Let's sing about it. I believe He's coming back like He said. And when we sing right now, every person in this building, that if you don't know if you're saved or not, I want you to come and and stand around the front. We've got people to come and pray with you. You can know when you leave this place that you're saved. 
You can know you've been born again. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. It's not just a guessing game, my friend. God gives you, God gives you concrete evidence of the new birth. I believe He's coming back like He said. Let's stand. I believe He's coming back like He said. I believe that trumpet's going to sound so loud. going to resurrect.